All right, welcome to Down by the Bank, episode 65, sponsored by Brewers Pizza, Orange Park, and Clay County's only brew pub. This is Corey. Hey, what's up, guys? It's JK3. Hey, really quick, just to give a quick shout out to the uh, like four or five Apple Podcasts reviews, five stars that we've gotten over the last two or three days. That's insane. We really appreciate it. Uh, it's definitely helping out our exposure quite a bit, and we really appreciate the kind words that you guys are putting on there, too. So, uh, again, thanks so much. And if you are on an iPhone or an iPad right now and you want to leave us a little five star review, review uh, and take a little second to do that we would certainly appreciate it um we are looking forward to game two versus the titans this coming sunday which is at home so we're all excited about that um we are definitely the week one champions at this point if you follow twitter or any of the fan base but we also have a guest joining us uh for the second time uh he is a writer for big cat country and that is jimmy seatman hey jimmy hey how you, how you doing guys good good how, how'd you feel about being the week one champions of the nfl and and the world i mean it, it was an awesome feeling i mean you know, first of all, you know, I'm up here in Maryland. And again, I think people just know me as like that Jaguars fan. So I got a lot of people hitting me up like, you know, after that, like, oh, you must be so happy. Like, you know, there was just like there was just like a lot of uh, just a lot of positivity. And in, honestly, it feels really good because the last time they won week one, I believe Josh McCown, I mean, Luke McCown, I'm sorry, was their quarterback. And like you you knew going into that, like, I mean, he was going to the Blaine Gabbard era, but. There just wasn't that like excitement, and I mean, for the first time in a while, there's actually some hope. And I mean, that that was the most fun I've had watching a Jaguars game in a while. The most recent one I can think of is that Colts game in 2015, where they blew the Colts out at home. But this one was especially especially a lot of fun it was it was just a blast to watch yeah well i'm i'm uh, really happy you were up there in the comforts of maryland to watch the game while jk3 and i almost died in floodwaters but yeah, that's no, cool. I, I just want to say like for everyone out there i mean I, I just hope everyone's okay you know obviously you know flooding affected some people more than others you know we don't get things like that up here we're pretty safe um but i just want i just want to you know just hope that everyone's okay obviously you know uh, there, there's bigger issues than Jaguars football. And so uh, I just want to make sure, I, you know, I, I grant my best wishes to everyone down there. And I, and I talked to you about it, Corey, but I, I hope that you guys you guys are doing all good down there. Because, uh, I mean, it, it was devastating to say the least. Hopefully the Jags can bring some healing this Sunday. Yeah, I've got a, a couple friends that live off of uh, Black, Black Creek here in Jacksonville. So uh, a, a lot of flooding, um, you know, out here in Clay County area. So I uh, hope everybody's all right. Um, but it's definitely something, like you said, definitely something positive, something exciting. Um, you know, I wear Jaguar stuff maybe like four days out of the week at work. And I came back to work uh, on Wednesday and everybody's like, oh, you got your Jaguar stuff on today. It's like, uh, do you not know me? Like, I, I wear this every day. Like, what are you talking about? So it's definitely good to have that buzz going around with the city. Uh, something positive to look forward to on Sunday. And uh, I just hope that... Uh, like the Texans were trying to rally against the the Hurricane Irma victims, it kind of goes the opposite way for us, and we we get that that second W. Yeah, honestly, the uh, the Tennessee fans are kind of horrible people if they want to win this game because we're uh, <laughs> we're kind of like uh, trying to we're trying to recover over here, so uh, it would be great for for our morale. So, but anyway, uh, one thing that you guys were selling, which I thought was pretty cool, was the Saxonville Jaguars shirt, which I think it's hilarious. The the main Twitter account changed their name to that. I think they changed it now, but they had it for a couple days. Um, but I think you guys were also doing some kind of donation, uh, if I read correctly on Twitter, for everyone that's purchased. So we will 
will put that on the podcast description. And I think I'm going to go ahead and order one of those as well. And then one thing we want to talk about really quick before we get into your article that you had published on Big Cat Country today, Brian Cushing, what a big old cheater. Uh, I mean, there's been connections to it since his days in college. Uh, you know, they, you had comments come out after he after the, he left USC where there are people saying like, yeah, this guy's juicing. And the, the, fun is, the funny thing about Brian Cushing, too, is he just looks like a guy who's juicing. Like if you were to like line up like five dudes and just say, like, pick one of these guys who's juicing, you would like look at Brian Cushing and say, like, that's obviously that guy. He just looks so super intense. Um, he he kind of looks like. I don't know. He, he, he just he looks like he's he's on the juice. And honestly, he's kind of been an overrated player for the Texans. He's kind of like their version of Paul Puzlesny a little bit, like a slow white linebacker who can't cover people. <laughs> um, and uh, and and they drafted his replacement uh, in Zach Cunningham, who uh, I think is actually going to be a pretty good player out of Vanderbilt, who uh, I, um, who probably is going to replace him during this time. So. Uh, maybe it'll actually help the Texans because I don't think Cushing actually is that good. I think he's kind of lived off a of reputation more than anything. Yeah, I just like the fact that he kind of, uh, you know, one thing I had actually brought up like two episodes ago was the fact that Fournette had made that comment about the NFL being easy. And I think it was Cushing that had had said something to a reporter about like, and this is not his exact words, obviously, but we're going to show him or yeah, he thinks it's easy. Wait till we see this. Not only did he get killed, but then he got in trouble and he's out for 10 games. So uh so good stuff there. But one reason that we had you on is you had an article published, like I said today, in Big Cat Country. It's titled Jaguars Playing Their Most Meaningful Game in Recent Memory This Sunday. Uh, you referenced the the last time being in 2010. So uh, talk to us a little bit about this and why you feel that way. I, I mean, I think it's clear to anyone who's followed the Jaguars uh, for the last you know, seven, eight years or so. And this team hasn't been good. So they really haven't played in many meaningful games and you can say that you know in the beginning of the season every game is meaningful because you know you're still technically mathematically in it but there hasn't been actually this much hope in the Jaguars franchise in a while I mean I referenced in our article the last time that they really had hope it was in going into week 15 in 2010 uh, they were eight and five the Colts were seven and six they're traveling to Indianapolis if they won they basically were going to go two games ahead basically clinched the division barring a disaster that game didn't really go as planned um the score was 34 to 24 but the score didn't really show how the Colts really dominated the game that day and really that was kind of the last point that the Jaguars really ever had hope they ended up losing the last other two games of the season and then that went into what would be the Blaine Gabbard era and then everything kind of just uh, unfolded after that. And so it's just been a really, really tough time for them. Um, they kind of had in 2015, that little like run where they, 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 um, got off on a couple games and they were four and six and they went to play the chargers and they kind of got whooped by Philip rivers who eats their lunch every time they play. So this is, this is really the first time in a while there's actually hope going into a game. And I mean, they have a chance to go two and oh, while the rest of the teams, of the division go oh and two. And, uh, you know, in the last 10 years, teams that go 2-0 and make the playoffs about 58% of the time. And hmm. it also helps the teams that are 0-2 only make the playoffs about 12% of the time. So if, I mean, this is this is a huge game for them. Like, this is, this is a meaningful game for the Jaguars. And you haven't actually been able to say that about them in forever. Yeah, I agree with you, man. I mean, it's just 
one of those things where if they can go two and zero and get a jump on the division, um, you know, for example, like let's say they go two and zero um, and Houston loses tonight. I mean, we're sitting pretty good at the beginning of the year right now to go ahead and. Um, you know, maybe possibly lose some of the closer games or some of the games that we think they may end up losing um, towards the year. But I mean, as far as the AFC goes and not just winning the AFC South, but it's important winning those AFC games because, you know, when they do play, uh, you know, the Bengals and, uh, you know, the Jets and those other AFC teams, if it comes down to a race, um, you know, where we're not either winning the division, they're going to go off record and based how we are in the AFC. So uh, it's definitely something that's huge that they got to go ahead and take care of business. And uh, I, I look back and, and watch the game last year. Of course, Mariota broke his leg or, or we broke his leg or his knee. One of them, it's attached to his, his leg. <laughs> but uh, one, one, of those, uh, one of those injuries, and then we just completely dominated on defense. Um, hopefully we can dominate on defense again, um, you know, this year and kind of or this year and uh, kind of carry on into that, that 2 and 0 streak that we that we look for. And it also helps that I mean, the easiest way to get to the playoffs is to win your own division. You don't necessarily want to rely on the wild card. And in the AFC South this year, I mean, eight and eight could win the division. And um, I also think some of the optimism, as much as I think we fell in love with the Jaguars start, does have to do with the fact that the AFC South is not going to be very good this year. Um, if I had to put my money on it, I would still say the Titans are the favorite just because they clearly have the best quarterback in the division. And if you just chalk it up to that every year and you look at what team has the best quarterback or the best quarterback play that year, usually that team wins the division or at least gets to the playoffs. Uh, so I don't want to like be too much of a party pooper. Um, and I actually, I actually picked the Titans to win. I was the only writer at big cat country to do this week. So uh, people, people, people are really gonna, really gonna uh, crap on me. But as far as the Jaguars' chances this whole season now, I'm a lot more optimistic than I was in the beginning of the year. And look, I mean, if they win this game, they they go on, they go and play the London game against the Ravens. I think that's winnable because I don't necessarily think the Ravens are as good as their 24 to nothing win against the Bengals. I have real questions about that offense, and Joe Flacco hasn't been good really the last two or three years and especially coming off that ACL injury and then they go play the Jets and I know like it's not for like the Jaguars to crap on other teams but I mean the Jets are pretty bad I'm sorry I don't know if I'm first on this like but I there's just no other way that I could there's no other way I could say that like they are putrid like the 2011 Jaguars receivers led by like Mike Thomas and uh Oh, what was that guy's name? Um, Hill. I don't even remember. Like they make the Jets. They make they make the Jets receivers like the, that. Jaguars team makes them look good. I mean, it's just the Jets are so terrible. So um, no, they have we really have a chance to do something. And you go two and zero your division. That also helps at tiebreakers at the end of the year as well. So this I mean, this is a big game this week. Um, I I kind of think Mariota can really cause the Jaguars some issues. Cause he's not Tom Savage. He's not a statue, but I'm really interested to see what they do. Yeah. Um, so I don't know if you know this, Jimmy, but we know about you big cat country people and your negativity. And this is a Kool-Aid podcast. All right. We, we drink it. All right. So uh, we're not going to have any of that nonsense. All right. So you cut it out. Yeah. They're, they're, they'll go 16. No, I'm sorry. Guys. <laughs> I mean, actually I'm sorry. Nine, 19 and no, because uh, you get the buy in the playoffs. So yeah, 19 and no, it's in Minneapolis, right? We're all, we all might, we're all might as well just buy our tickets right now. Um, it's going to be cold. Floridian people are not going to know what to do. But yeah, you know, we're we're going to go. We're we're on our way to Minneapolis. I think that's correct. 
All right, good, good, good. Much better. We appreciate it. Um, you, you you mentioned earlier, you know, or just a, a couple seconds ago about uh, Mariota being a uh, not being a statue and can probably, uh, you know, give this defense some trouble. Uh, I think it's going to be a good test, man, because like you mentioned, he's not he's a very mobile quarterback. Um, you know, he's got Delaney Walker, who absolutely kills us every time they play. I don't understand why. Um, I don't understand how they they just don't know that the ball's going to him because I mean. The, the the their receivers are Rashad Matthews, Taiwan Taylor, um, Decker, and Corey Davis. Hey, so you man, automatically... I like Corey Davis. Corey Davis is good. I think he's going to be really good. I liked him coming out of the draft. Also, okay, so who who guard, who guards Corey Davis? Boye or or uh, or Ramsey? Because the next I mean, person the you, next person's got to guard Delaney Walker. Uh, I mean, well, here's the thing with Walker. I think I think they'll throw a little bit of Miles Jack on him. I think they'll throw a little bit of Telvin on him, and I think they'll throw a little bit of Barry Church on him. Uh, Church isn't necessarily great in coverage, but he's better than Cyprian, who one of the funniest things last week, and we can talk about Cyprian later, was like when you know searching on Twitter Cyprian on Sunday and all the Titans fans being like, "This guy, like he's missing so many tackles. I thought he was supposed to be good at tackling." <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> uh, no, he's not. Where were you at the last like six years? <laughs> Yeah, no, and so, um, yeah, I, you know, the, the Jaguars have never been able to cover the, the tight ends, like, in my whole lifetime. Like, I I literally cannot remember a time where they could actually cover tight ends. Even when their defense was really good in the mid-2000s, and their defensive front was good, and they had Mike Peterson, it didn't matter. They still couldn't cover tight ends. It would, and, and Delaney Walker just eats them for lunch every time. Um, but, I, I, you know, Mariota's tricky, because I'm, I think I'm higher on Mariota than most. Uh I, I, you know, there's always a debate between him and Winston, obviously, because they're picked one and two. I actually think he's been slightly better than Winston so far in his career, especially with without as many good targets. They added Eric Decker in the offseason. He kind of had a quiet game on Sunday and they added Corey Davis. And I really like Corey Davis. I think he's going to be a really good receiver. Um, and the other thing about Mariota is he has this mobility and a lot of times he'll use his mobility to make throws in the pocket. But he's still really athletic. And I don't know if you guys remember, but in 2015, he had that, like, 90-yard run against don't the Don't mention Jaguars. that. When yeah. Andre Branch is trying to run him down, it's like, good <laughs> God. There's no way he's going to catch him. <laughs> hey, shout, out, shout out to Andre Branch. He got 27 mil from the Dolphins. So that's uh... – <laughs> um, but, but But I actually I, – I think Mariota presents a lot of problems. He's really accurate. He doesn't make a lot of mistakes. He had the most efficient red zone season last year, basically in NFL history. Like they scored like eighty percent of the, a touchdown, like eighty percent of the time there in the red zone, and he threw threw no interceptions. He was the anti Blake Bortles uh, in the in the red zone last year, and so he's really good. I mean, their left tackle and right tackle is about as good as you can get. Taylor Juan and Jack Conklin, um, and they have a good off interior offensive line too. Their center Ben Jones um, is really underrated as well. So. I'm really interested to see what kind of pressure they can get um, up front for the Jaguars. And I think pressure is a little more important than sacks because anytime you have a mobile quarterback, he's going to run into some sacks sometimes. And so sometimes, you know, you may get two or three sacks, but that won't tell the whole story about how much pressure you actually created throughout the entire game. Because I think we already know this front is really, really good. But, I mean, the Texans offensive line was a turnstile. Uh, and... Without Dwayne Brown, their left tackle, I mean, they're throwing out guys who don't even belong in the league. So I'm really interested to see how much pressure they can create up front. 
because then that will help disturb the passing game and make it harder for him to go to guys like Delaney Walker or Davis. Well, you did mention the pressure and them getting upfield. You know that that's like a that's going to be pretty bad for them if they decide to break out that run game with Demarco Murray and maybe run like a couple draws to kind of slow that down. So, how do you think that the um, their their run offense is going to go against the defense that's coming uphill constantly at them? Uh, well, I mean, their run game is definitely different from the Texans. Uh, the Texans run a little bit of more of a zone scheme, kind of more stretches and things like that. The Titans run their, what is it, exotic smash mouth offense that uh, Mike Malarkey likes to run. A lot of two tight end sets. Um, they're going to smash it down your throat. Both DeMarco Murray and Derek Hunt Henry are at most just kind of one cut guys, and they're going to um, pound it in there. I'm really interested to see how they do against the Jaguars defense because I'm not necessarily convinced the Jaguars run defense is going to be great. I think their pass defense, and especially their third down defense, has a chance to be one of the best in the league, which is kind of crazy um, considering the Jaguars' history. But their run defense has still have questions about, um, you know, Telvin is never going to be great in the running game because he's undersized. Miles Jack, at least in the preseason, um, wasn't that great, although he played a really good game on Sunday. Again, you know, can you get that consistency out of him? And Avery Jones, well, he's more versatile than Roy Miller was. Roy Miller was such a grown man up front that uh, it'll be interesting to see how much how much space they can actually eat up. But I, I guess the one thing is Calais Campbell is an excellent run defender. Um, and, you know, so I know he had the four sacks on Sunday and he was the defensive player of the week. But his his run stoppage in the game also was really impressive. So I'm interested to see how they stop the run because uh, you know. I think that the Titans have the tools to run a really exotic offense. They just have the most boring coach in NFL history running their offense. So they're going to run a lot of uh, a lot of power plays and um, their offense is going to be eerily similar to the Jaguars, except they actually have a quarterback who probably should be throwing the ball 30 times a game. So I'm interested to see how they can do against the run because the Titans are one of the better running football teams in the NFL, and if they can stop the run against them, that really, again, shows progress for this defense and really legitimize them as a potential for a top-five unit in the league. But, yeah, I mean, you mentioned earlier, too, with, with, with Cyprian and his inability to tackle, but still when he makes, like, a tackle 14 yards downfield, he points to the random person in the stands that we have no idea who he's pointing to still. <laughs> Um, so, so how do you think that, uh, it, it's going to be with him being on the opposite side of the ball this year? I mean, do we expect to see, uh, you know, uh, a lot of game breaking tackles? I don't see him getting in Leonard Fournette's way, to be honest with you. If it's one-on-one, I think he's going to try to do a Cyprian tackle. Yeah. What ha- what's going to happen is, uh, they're going to run like a, a play to the outside, um, to the strong side of the defense. Cyprian's going to come running up. He's going to uh, dive to the ground while his head's like facing the ground. So he doesn't know what he's looking at. And then he's just going to completely miss for He's just going to push him down to the ground. Um, I mean, I mean, Cyprian is, I mean, for again, for someone who's supposed to be known as like a good open field tackler, he's really bad. Um, I mean, he's not great in coverage either, but I guess he's not like as awful maybe as we perceive him to be. But the big thing is that that secondary is not good. Um, they signed Logan Ryan in the offseason. I don't think he played on Sunday, but I think he's going to play this week. But still, their secondary is not good. Adore Jackson, the rookie they picked in the first round, was picked on a lot by the Raiders last week. 
I mean, the key is going to be, and I know we don't want Blake Boyle throwing the football too much, but if there's any week that Alan Hearns and Marquise Lee can beat their guys one-on-one, it's going to be this week. I mean, if they can't do it this week, it's it's not a good uh, not a good look for the future of the offense. Because while I think they had a successful time running that kind of ground and pound, Blake's only going to throw it 20 times offense. The problem is they're not going to be able to do that every week because there's going to be some weeks they go down like 14 nothing, um, or they're just down 14 points in the third quarter. So I think they can re- I think they can really expose this secondary if they have a good game. But if they don't, that's a really daunting thing for this offense um, because there is some optimism. But if we're being completely honest, this offense wasn't that fluid as it probably could have been against the Texans. Like they probably should have beaten them by another 10 points just what with what the Texans were giving them. So the Titans are going to give them points in the secondary. They just got to go take them. And I think if, if they can work some stuff off play action and get a couple of few deep plays, you know, Keel and Cole can actually get down the field and catch the damn ball, uh, then then I think they'll have some success. Um, this Titan secondary is not good on, on, on any level. I mean, they're, they're the anti, like, uh, Boye and, and Jalen Ramsey. So uh, I think they got to expose that. And yeah, it may take go out of your comfort zone um, and by throwing the ball a little bit more. But you know what? You, you game plan by team by team. And this may be the week to see if, you know, maybe Blake throws it, you know, 25, 30 times instead of 20. Yeah, I, I completely agree with you. I mean, we, we've definitely got to go to the air uh, on this one a little bit more than what they did last week. Uh, Houston's defense was great. Um, you know, you, it was kind of weird to see what uh, defense was going to come out and also weird to see them get completely stonewalled by our, our, our offensive line. So in my opinion, I think the pass can be there. I mean, especially with an, a lackluster uh, defensive line like Tennessee has. Uh, you know, stay away from Logan Ryan, of course, because he is one of the bright spots or maybe the only bright spot on, on the team that, and, you know, he is a thumper and he's pretty aggressive and a ball hawk. But, um, I mean, you got a Brian Arakpo who is, you know, coming on the down end of his, on his, uh, his career. And then, uh, I mean, Wesley Woodard is, eh, he's okay. Drew uh, Casey is really good. Drew yeah, Casey's, yeah, Casey's going to be the next, the, the next uh, talking point. Yeah, he's, he's, yeah, he's unbelievable so if you can stay away from you know th- those couple of guys right there and go at sip then uh, we should be all right yeah no i mean the, the the titans defense is a solid unit in general um their front seven is probably above average compared to the league i guess the bright spot for the jaguars is you're not going to see pretty pretty much a better front seven than they saw against the texans um so if they can continue how they play i don't expect the offensive line to play as well as they did last week throughout the season, I still think there's question marks, but uh, they're not going to see a better front seven than they did in Houston. Hey, Jimmy, how do you project uh, the Jaguars' run game to perform versus the Titans? Because one thing, and just kind of reading up a little bit prior to having you on, it sounded like they struggled quite a bit with Marshawn Lynch, uh, particularly when it came to tackling. And a lot of the Titans defenders, you know, of course, they're not going to say anything negative, but they've been very, uh, you know, respectful of the style that Fournette and and even Chris Ivory uh, bring to the game. Um, do you think we'll fare pretty well in a similar fashion that Lynch did last week? I, I do. I, I mean, the one thing about the one impressive thing about Fournette, and if you just look at the stat line, 26 rushes, 100 yards, you would say, uh, you know, that, that that's a decent day, especially for a rookie. But he just creates so many yards on his own. 
his pad level, um, he's a big, he's a bigger running back. He's at least six feet tall, but he gets his pad level really low and is able to drive. Um, he creates, you know, two or three yard runs and turns them into four or five yard runs. Uh, and he also just has lateral quickness that, you know, it is something that I didn't really see when he was at LSU. And look, we're talking about one game here, but you can tell that the guy is a special player. And Marshawn Lynch's ability his whole career has been that same thing to turn those, you know, one or two yard runs into like six or seven yard runs or even bigger plays um, because he always falls forward. I think uh, Fournette had like 60 yards after contact on Sunday. So, I mean, he was getting a lot of those yards after getting hit um, or getting touched. So he's a really special guy. And honestly, I think Chris Ivory, the, the best thing that happened to Chris Ivory was him being in a reduced role. He had a couple of really good runs on Sunday. And when he has fresh legs, I mean, that dude is just like, that dude runs harder than almost anyone in the league. And I just think last year he was injured and just not kind of in the right place. And so I actually think their run game can fare, um, can fare pretty well. Um, and I also think it can fare pretty well if the passing game actually shows that it's a threat because, uh, yeah, they did. Um, Fournette did see about 58% of the time there was an eight man box or more on Sunday. And I think the Titans will be doing that even more. And so if they can, if they can open it up with the pass game a little bit, there's going to be good holes for them. And I mean, I, I just think with Leonard Fournette, I, you know, he's just such a special guy with what he does. I'm not saying he's a Marshawn Lynch because honestly, I think he's a little more athletic than Lynch is, but he has that knack of falling forward of getting that extra couple of yards. And like I said, the most impressive thing has been like his shiftiness, um, his ability to make that one cut, make a guy miss. Um, and so I, I think they're actually going to be able to fare pretty well. Um, I think, I think offensively they, they have a good matchup versus the Titans. And I think defensively they do too, which is why I think this is going to be a really close game. I think it's going to come down to the end and it's going to come down honestly to probably Whoever plays better at quarterback. So to kind of wrap up, did I hear you correctly that you've completely changed your tune and are now predicting the Jaguars to win out the rest of the season? <laughs> I, I do not think they're going to win out, and I, <laughs> I actually still, I actually still am picking the Titans for this game. Um, oh my god! Like, I'm, a, I'm a big, I'm a big Marcus Mariota guy. I think I'm higher on him than others. I think it'll be a close game. Doesn't mean I'm not rooting for the Jaguars. I, I, I want them to eat my words, just like, just like I had them eat my words last week. Um, but if, if, if we're talking about the future, I do think they'll beat the Ravens and I do think they'll beat the Jets. So, you know, I'm not just going to predict them to lose every game, but, um, at the end of the day, I think there's reasons to be optimistic. And I think those reasons are this defense is completely legit. And it's because I think they have two, they have two or three guys who have legit chances to be stars. Jalen Ramsey has a chance to be one of the top five best cornerbacks in the league. Calais Campbell has already been one of the best top five defensive linemen in the league. Um, he's not going to have four sacks every week, but he's a disruptive force up front. And I, I've just noticed this, that every time a national writer talks about the Jags defensive line, they'll always bring up Fowler and or, before they bring up Ngakwe or just not bring up Ngakwe at all. Yannick Ngakwe. Oh that, that is the biggest pet peeve ever as a Jags fan. Like ever. Oh my God. Yeah, Yannick Ngakwe is the real deal. Um, and I understand the, the the Texans were playing an insurance salesman at a left tackle last week, but his quickness, <laughs> his quickness off of the line of scrimmage and the he the able to get bend 
like you know you can see that little curve in his body when he bends around the edge something that Dante Fowler cannot do by the way um his ability to just do that and also just a guy who he has two strip sacks you can see he's looking for the strip as well there are questions going into the year about whether Ngakwe could really repeat his performance of last year would he have a sophomore slump I'm his get off is so quick I'm not saying it's like Von Miller like but he has a chance to be really, really special, and the, I, I think hopefully soon on the national stage, people are going to notice that he is better than Fowler, even though Fowler was the number three overall pick in the draft, because um, that dude is freaking special. I'm going to get an Ngakwe jersey, and I hope and I'm praying that it's not my curse that every Jaguars jersey that I get, someone ends up leaving the team. So I may just spare Jag Nation and not get it. But I I mean, I agree with you, man. The dude's a monster. I mean, and just watching him, um, you know, with the NFL Game Pass, just watching him on individual plays that he may not make an impact, like get a strip sack or something. He's beating someone like a drum the entire game and continues to come at them over and over and over again. It's just, I mean, he's just a stud, man. Biggest Ngakwe fan, probably you'll know. He also has played the run better than I thought he would. He went to he went to University of Maryland, um, which is where I go. So I got to see him in college, and he was always a really good pass rusher, but he struggled against the run in college. He's done, like, okay. Um, he's done okay in the NFL, which is kind of when you have a pass rushing, you know, specialist guy, that's kind of all you can ask out of him. Um, so, I mean, he's, he's an absolute monster. I love him. Um, this defensive line is going to be ferocious. Uh I mean, there's a lot to look forward to, and like and like I said, you know, if they win this game, this this is going to mean a lot to this franchise. Um, and it's this is this is the biggest game in a while, so people need to get excited, need to get pumped up. Even if you don't think they're going to necessarily win, you don't have to believe they're going to win. You can still get pumped up for this game because meaningful football is fun. Tanking is not fun. I don't want to ever have to hear the words tanking again in my entire life. Yannick's never scored a touchdown, though, has he? Team Dante forever. <laughs> I, oh, when, when, when he was holding the ball like he was and high-stepping, I was like, this guy's going to drop it. He's going to pull it to Sean Jackson, isn't he? Like, that's what I was thinking in my head until he scored. So. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, and to kind of, uh, you know, so obviously I, I always pretty much pick the Jags to win no matter what, because I just do. But JK3, I know you've got a prediction you're wanting to make on this game. Dude, I mean, I'm telling you, man, meaningful football is back in Jacksonville. Uh, I know it's early to say that, but, I mean, you got to call it is, call a spade is what it is. Uh, we're two, we're hopefully 2-0. and oh, Take the uh, the front seat in the uh, in the in the AFC uh, South, and just hopefully we can just capitalize on that. I mean, you think we win this game, we go to London where we always win. So, <laughs> um, and then we got a bye week, and then we've got a, a couple of favorable games going on down the stretch. But got to take care of this week. Uh, definitely want to see more of the uh, air attack from the offense while we have the opportunity. But uh, f- keep feeding Leonard Fournette, and hopefully uh, Ngakwe can come up and make some more huge plays that'll put him on the spotlight. All right. Well, good stuff. Good stuff. Um, Jimmy, again, we appreciate you being on. And uh, as always, you guys can follow him on Twitter. Uh, I believe your handle is pretty much your name, correct? Yeah, it's it's at J underscore Seatman. Uh, so, yeah, you can follow me on Twitter. Uh, follow the stuff I do on Big Cat Country. Follow all the stuff we do on Big Cat Country. You know, you guys, when they start winning, we get more positive. That's how it works. So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah. Well, um, we enjoy your stuff. Uh, we definitely enjoyed having you on. You were great last time as well as this time. And we'll definitely uh, put in your uh, Twitter handle as well as your article link in the podcast description. Uh, thanks again, everybody, for listening and for all the awesome reviews and feedback lately. It means a ton. It, it's super meaningful. We read every review and the emails and, and the tweets. And it's just really cool of you guys to send that stuff. And um, and good luck to everybody else in getting their electricity going because I know there's a, a huge chunk of florida that still has no power so um anyway we appreciate you guys listening and we will talk to you guys next time